There are five major crypto headwinds which are alarming investors right now. In today's show, I am going to break down those headwinds and tell you exactly how I think they will affect the market. Starting with Mt. Gox's 142,000 Bitcoin unlock, the ETH Shanghai upgrade, which is set to enable Ethereum withdrawals, the Silvergate Bank collapse, the current macroeconomic shift that's taking place, as well as the current SEC regulatory crypto clampdown. I'll give you insight into each of these five crypto headwinds and by the end of the video you'll be fully prepared to deal with the next few months in the market. Let's address headwind number one Mt. Gox. We've been hearing about the Mt. Gox saga for quite some time, but it is finally the month where Mt. Gox's 142,000 Bitcoin are starting to be released to creditors. According to a new article by The Block, Mt. Gox creditors will start seeing repayments from March 10th, with a deadline for payments to be paid out by September 30th. The Mt. Gox saga has a long and interesting backstory of hacks, lies, and deceit, which I summed up in a comprehensive thread last year. So if you're interested in reading that thread, I will leave a link in the description below. It provides valuable information to contextualize where we sit today. But here's the TLDR on how I think the 140,000 Bitcoin release may affect the market. Now, the first thing I want to say is it's undeniable that there is now going to be increased sell pressure on Bitcoin. When you have more coins coming into circulation and obviously some creditors which are going to sell those coins, you're going to see increased sell pressure. But the real question we have to ask ourselves is, is this sell pressure currently priced into the market? And if so, to what extent is it priced in? And that will give us more of an idea as to how in practice the price may react to new supply. Now, this is my personal thesis for what may happen. Although the prospect of a $3 billion dump sounds scary, we've got to keep a few factors in mind. Firstly, not all creditors are going to sell their Bitcoin. Some are going to continue to keep holding. These investors have already seen multiple cycles. You have to remember the backstory here. A lot of these investors held Bitcoin in Mt. Gox in the year 2013, almost 10 years ago. And they've already seen multiple cycles and the power of Bitcoin price appreciation. So when you see an asset performing so well over time, you're psychologically incentivized to hold that asset more so than you would if it was a poor performing asset. And to add to that, Bitcoin is currently sitting around $22,000, which is much less from its all-time high at $69,000. So it's a harder psychological sell coming so steeply off all-time highs, which may result in some creditors holding. The other thing is many of the creditors who already desperately wanted to sell have likely already been bought out by bigger funds or adjusted their crypto exposure accordingly. So if you're a Mt. Gox creditor and you really, really wanted to sell, you could have actually sold your Bitcoin to another fund at a slight discount to get your money back. So the real desperate sellers would have already sold. It's not clear that all creditors will sell. And even if they choose to, not all 140,000 Bitcoin would hit the market all at once. I mean, a pragmatic seller would DCA out of a position just as you wouldn't ape fully into a position all at once. We know that there will be some impact of creditors selling, but it's probably not this doomsday scenario that everyone is calling for. And the other thing is, we've known about these Malcox Bitcoin for years and years. So the market's had a while to price in these events. And oftentimes, the most damaging part of these events actually happens in the lead up to the event. And then when the actual selling happens, you actually might see a recovery because people start to realize, well, maybe this is just one less headwind in front of us. So I think the pragmatic thing to do here is wait for March 10th, see what evolves in terms of the creditors receiving their Bitcoins and monitor the Bitcoin price impact. And that will give you much more clarity as to how the sell pressure looks in actuality. But just keep in mind, Bitcoin does 23 
billion dollars worth of volume every single day. And although some of this is admittedly wash trading, there's huge net inflows that come into the market through both miners and sellers. So I do expect the market, especially with how dispersed the Mt. Gox supply will be, to be able to absorb a lot of the sell pressure. And this sentiment was also echoed by UBS strategists who predicted the Mt. Gox impact would be minimal, citing that new supply could still come to the market, but due to the staging of the Bitcoin releases, the supply would be a lot less concentrated. But nonetheless, it's still a very strong narrative and something to keep our eye on. Headwind number two is the Ethereum Shanghai upgrade. Now on face value, you could view this as a very good thing for crypto in general, because having the upgrade take place means that there is more of an incentivization to stake Ethereum, which is obviously very healthy for the Ethereum network. And it's also one more step towards their end game roadmap that they are currently executing post merge. But the essence of Shanghai is allowing validators to withdraw staked ETH from the beacon chain, which means stakers that were previously locked in an Ethereum staked position will now be able to withdraw their Ethereum. This means that there will be increased ETH supply hitting the market. We thought that this would be happening in March, but the developers pushed back the Shanghai upgrade to early April. So around the second week of April is when we can expect some of this Ethereum begin to unlock. Westy Capital did a great thread outlining the mathematics behind the Ethereum unlock. The TLDR is that the worst case is that 844,000 Ethereum will be withdrawn post Shanghai. The base case is 1.2 million ETH and the best case is 1.7 million ETH. Corpy also did the mathematics behind this event and worked out that a mild scenario would result in around 14,000 Ethereum a day hitting the market. Now for perspective, this was the same daily issuance amount to miners back when Ethereum was a proof-of-work network, which means it's probably a non-event. However, if we do get a slightly more aggressive case playing out, then the sell pressure would be slightly higher. But once again, to put it in perspective, every single day, Ethereum does $7.5 billion worth of volume. So at a worst case, let's say 1.7 billion Ethereum hitting the market, although it is just under 1% of the total Ethereum market cap, it will be dispersed over a month or two, and there's no reason to say that all of the withdrawals will be hitting the market. Obviously, a lot of people might withdraw, but then put it back into liquid staking protocols or swap it for other assets in the crypto ecosystem or simply hold it in their wallet. But there's no way to tell that all of this Ethereum supply will be hitting the market. And to be honest, if I personally weigh up the impact of Gox versus Shanghai, I think that the Shanghai upgrade is basically a nothing burger in terms of the effect on the Ethereum price. I think Gox has potential to be a lot worse and I'm not viewing the Shanghai upgrade as a huge bearish catalyst, but what we often see in the market is it's likely market prices are impacted more via a pre-sell off than the actual selling itself. So I'm keeping a close eye on how the market reacts. And if you want to watch my video on my full mathematical breakdown behind the Shanghai upgrades impacts, I will leave a link in the description to that as well. The third crypto headwind at the moment is Silvergate Bank's collapse. So Silvergate Bank is a Californian bank that primarily deals in cryptocurrency transactions. It began as a saving and loan association, but recently transitioned into serving the digital assets industry. It operates something called the Silvergate Exchange Network or the SEN, a real-time payments platform which enables crypto exchanges and users to trade fiat currency. Silvergate was the first regulated bank to create this kind of payment mechanism and quickly became the primary crypto bank. So basically, every big crypto exchange and firm was utilizing Silvergate Bank for payment processing as it was the gold standard of crypto banks. However, things started to unravel post-FTX 
Nexus collapse as it was revealed that Silvergate had exposure to FDX in the form of deposits. And recently, things got much worse with Silvergate reporting a $1 billion loss for quarter 4, 2022. The net loss attributable to common shareholders for the quarter stood at $33.16 per common share. But to make matters worse, they're also facing a regulatory probe by the DOJ, which is investigating Silvergate's link to former FTX CEO Sam Bankman frieds businesses. We can see here that Silvergate revealed it would need more than two extra weeks to file its 2022 fiscal year 10K report. The filing specifies that the regulatory scrutiny the company is currently battling comes from several sources, including Congress, the Department of Justice, and bank regulators. Early last month, reports stated that Silvergate was under probe by the DOJ over its association with FTX. Although the investigative subject appeared speculative at the time, there was no denying Silvergate's close ties to the defunct crypto exchange. The DOJ inquiry sought to ascertain whether the crypto bank had any fraudulent relationship with FTX. So basically, they are under heavy scrutiny for their FTX involvement, and this continues to put pressure on crypto as a lot of companies are now cutting their ties to Silvergate Bank. And due to Silvergate's heavy exposure to USDC and deep ties to the crypto ecosystem, a collapse here probably wouldn't bode well for crypto, and that is why it is one of the current biggest headwinds at the moment. But above and beyond all of the previous headwinds mentioned, number four, which is the current macroeconomic environment, is by far the biggest driver of crypto price action. Basically, since the beginning of crypto, the macroeconomic environment has dictated how price moves, and recently, there has been a drastic shift in macroeconomic data, with both recent CPI and PCE data coming in above expectations. And this has altered investors' perception of risk, which obviously does have ramifications for risk assets like crypto. We can see that the market futures now see four rate hikes as the base case, and there is currently a 40% chance rates rise to 5.75% by July. There is now a 13% chance of rates rising to 6% or higher. But just over one month ago, the odds of an interest rate over 5.5% were at zero. So over time, the market's perception of the severity of rate hikes has been gradually increasing as economic data is slightly slightly less favorable than expected. We had a hotter than expected CPI print. We had a hotter than expected PCE print. And this is starting to drag on the markets as they realize that maybe the pivot isn't coming as soon as they would like. And we could see this demonstrated via the current target rate estimates for the next FOMC meeting with the 500 basis point hike now coming in at a 28.4% probability. When just a few weeks ago, the probability of this happening was literally less than 0.2%. So the anticipated increasing of rate hikes is being further baked into the market as we head towards FOMC. Now, the next FOMC is on the 22nd of March, but of course, we have new CPI data coming out on March 14th, which will be one of the major drivers behind the Fed's decision. So with key macro dates on the horizon, I think the market has a right to just be a little bit on edge, and we have to keep our eye on these dates to make sure we're fully aware of what is happening in crypto. Before I get into headwind number five, which is is a big one, I want to remind you that if you sign up for an OKX crypto exchange account using the link in the description, you can get access to a $10,000 
mystery box. So if you sign up for an account using the link in the description, deposit $50 worth of fiat currency or crypto, you then become eligible for a mystery box, which could have up to $10,000 worth of prizes in it. Good luck to everyone opening a mystery box. And of course, if you want to trade on either Bybit or BitGet, we have some big sign-up bonuses at the moment. A $30,000 sign-up bonus for a new Bybit account using our link or an $8,000 sign-up bonus for BitGet using our link as well. So if you sign up, you get access to those bonuses as well as regular giveaways that we conduct. For example, we're currently running a Rolex giveaway promotion where you can win a Rolex, but we'll have many more giveaways for you in the future. So if you want to sign up, there's a link in the description and it will also be the pinned comment. Headwind number five is crypto regulation. And this has been one that's been in our purview for quite some time, but it's becoming more pertinent than ever post the FTX saga. And I did a tweet a few months ago and I said, 2023 is going to be the year of regulation. This was something that I outlined in my 2023 predictions thread. And I mean, we're seeing this in real time now with currently the biggest crypto crackdown in the history of the US taking place. Let's just look at just some of the highlights from February. We had Kraken charged by the SEC. We had Paxos charged by the SEC. We had some issues with Binance having to close some accounts. We had more issues with FTX. We had multiple founders stepping down from big exchanges. We had the SEC coming after multiple crypto exchanges and projects. A lot happened in February. And honestly, I think this is only the beginning. So I'm expecting many regulatory headwinds to head our way in 2023. And this is something to keep our eye on. I'm not a huge fan of the US's approach to regulation. I think they are going to drive a lot of innovation offshore. I am a believer though that regulation is key because you need to protect consumers, but the way in which you protect them is the key here. And I feel like some of the clampdown are a little bit too rash and maybe not as well planned as they could be. I think this only further highlights the need for decentralization, the need for DeFi, and that's basically, at the end of the day, why crypto exists in the first place. So the regulatory headwinds are hard to evaluate in terms of their impact on the market. I think long-term regulation is a great thing. When you have regulation, that means institutions are now more comfortable entering digital assets, holding digital assets. But in the short term, it can slightly worry investors. And that's why you do have to tread cautiously during these times. All I can really give you in terms of the price impact is that the nature and the severity of the regulation will dictate how price response. So this is just something I'm going to have to keep you updated on through my shows to make sure you are in the loop because it's highly adaptive. Those were the five crypto headwinds that are worrying the market right now. Remember that a lot of these headwinds are extremely fear-based and extremely news-based. The market will often find excuses to label certain price action with certain headwinds. So you do have to keep in mind that something like a Malcox unlock, something like an ETH unlock, it may not actually affect the market as much as you think, but it's really the narrative behind it that does create genuine detrimental price action. So I wouldn't necessarily be too alarmist or scared right now or panic. That's not the message of this video. I hope the tone came across in a very unbiased and practical way. I just think that there are certain things we have to keep our eye on to be pragmatic as investors. We can't just look at the bull scenario all the time. We also have to look at the bear scenario. And of course, some of these bearish impacts can become bullish impacts. Let's say we have a macroeconomic shift in the positive direction with CPI data coming down under expectations. That would be amazing. That would probably cause a market rally. Let's say the Shanghai upgrade takes place. It's all successful. There's minimal ETH impact. Then maybe ETH goes on a bit of a run because that's now in the past. Let's say Mt. Gox eventually passes us and people stop worrying about it. That can eventually become a catalyst. So headwinds can become tailwinds, but in the short term, we just have to keep our eye on these events to make sure we are up to date and up to speed with everything in the market. And of course, that's what I strive to do here on the channel is keep you guys updated. If you do want to swap any crypto assets on a decentralized exchange, as 
I said before, DeFi is the future, and that is something that I think the entire market is realizing now in the midst of what we're getting uh, in terms of regulation and some of the issues we've seen with centralized parties recently. You can do so on KyberSwap. You can swap assets across a variety of chains, both EVM compatible and non-EVM chains as well, and essentially it will find you the best possible rates to swap. So instead of just going to Uniswap yourself and trying to battle against slippage and maybe a not a very efficient route, what KyberSwap will do is it will automatically scan all of the AMMs and aggregate the best possible price for you to save you money and give you a better trading experience. So if you are going to swap on a DEX, use KyberSwap. There's also a link in the description and they are a fantastic place to trade. I hope you enjoyed this video, and if you did, make sure to smash that like button to show the channel some love, as well as click that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed, and hit the notification bell so you are notified every single time I post a video. I hope you have a lovely day, and I will see you in the next one. Peace out.